Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're crazy for beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we are the Drunk Guys, and today, we, this week, this time, if that <laughs> even exists. What is time? We, yeah, I know. We are reading Stella Maris by Cormac McCarthy, and I'm starting with a beer. The biography of Roger Maris's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I really just thought of Stella Dora breakfast <laughs> cookies, and I don't know how far a reach those have. I don't know what that is either. The S, the S-shaped cookies that old Italian grandmas always have in their home. Uh, you, you'll see them at the store. They have like a red, red, green, and white Italian flag motif packaging. Like they're just guineas. Think that's the only form cookies coming. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, this beer is from Founders, and throughout the whole book, there are a whole lot of names of philosophers and mathematicians tossed around. And for some of them, at least, the the main char- the character, Alicia, seems to hold in sweet repute. Uh, <laughs> so this is sweet repute. A wheat wine style ale with maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels. Did you say wheat wine? Yeah, wheat wine. What? Made from those wheat grapes? <laughs> More like what wine? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a lot of whining in this book. Uh, wheat wine is a strong... Ale, barley wine kind of style thing, and I think it just has to have more of wheat than just malted barley. Okay, oh, fuck if I know. Uh, I feel like wheat wine is is just is is beer. It's, well, I think I think it's also <laughs> a strong version of it, so it's like a closer out. Like this is twelve point eight percent. Okay, wheat like wine. Okay, closer to like wine strength. This is Founders Barrel Age series. This is one of the new ones. This was just bottled last month. This is the newest one. They have like a one a quarter. I think. Do you have to barrel age it? Like wine? You, no, you do not. You don't actually don't barrel age most wines either. But this is mm. their new thing, and it is it is very good. Um, I don't really get I don't get those flavors though. Like, do you get the wheat? I mean, wheat wine just tastes like barley wine to me. Honestly, like it's just a little less sweet usually. I guess I do get a little whiff of the bourbon, maple not so much. Anyway, Stella Maris. This is the the prequel companion side quill. To Cormac McCarthy's The Passenger. Appendix 3B. Yeah. And it is, it's somehow both an appendix and an epilogue, a prologue, and chapter four. <laughs> and if you think it's going to help you understand it, it's a quantum thing. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quantumly entangled in the other book. You might. Uh, Clearly, you, we're supposed to just compute, just calculate. <laughs> That's also so hard. Nothing computed in this. Nothing computes yeah. to you. Uh, yes, I believe that's by, uh, and however you would sell prints in binary code. <laughs> Sinead 010110 Connor <laughs> sang that song. Uh, so this just came out in uh, this year, 2022, as we're recording it. A few in weeks ago. On December 6th. And um, was that the day of Pearl Harbor? The Pearl Harbor? 7th. 7th. Uh, Pearl Harbor Eve. I always forget because I usually open, As we celebrate I, these I open one present early <laughs> Pearl Harbor Eve. And it's always a bomb. from Japan. <laughs> was it something Japanese? Well, what you do is you take all the presents and you fly them into a thing. <laughs> Kamikaze gifts. Similar to our 9-11 celebrations. Anyway, so um, <laughs> this book just came out and it is really bizarre. It is just dialogue. It is just Two characters talking. There is zero narration. The premise is that it's the notes or it's the recordings of a psychiatrist 
talking to Alicia and it's just the recordings of their conversations. She, the only sort of like story you really get is that she has checked herself into this particular mental hospital uh, with, she had nothing but a bag of $400,000 in cash. Uh, it, was only, it was only 40. 40? 40. 40. Oh, right, she had spent, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> what she spent on the violin. I forgot. Uh, oh, yeah. She had $40,000 in cash. And the clothes she was wearing, and that was like, and one other thing, and that was like, that was it. That's all she had. And she was like, "Can I, can I stay here?" And they're like, "Yeah, okay." She's been there before. Yes, she has been institutionalized before. Now, this is the character that you know from reading *The Passenger* that she commits suicide, presumably like five minutes after this book ends, because that's how *The Passenger* begins, and she is the sister of. Bobby Western. Bobby Western. Bobby Western. <laughs> Bob, Bobby Allen Western. Uh, whatever his fucking dumb name was in the first book that I've already tried ardently to forget. And you know she's dead. That's how it starts. And you know you get his story. And now you get like this other thing. That this is clearly, you know, 10 years before that because she's still alive. She and is checked in. She is uh, diagnosed schizophrenic and suicidal. And they're watching her. Um, because in the set, you know, in the in the other book, she's dead, but in this one, she's still alive, and they want to keep her that way <laughs> at all times of the day, Spoiler. especially at like five. <laughs> uh, this is alive at five uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Killsboro, and it's a dessert sour with tangerine, orange, lime, lemon, and grapefruit, and it's eight percent, and it's it's basically I think it's just fruit punch with booze in it. Wasn't there a drink called Five Alive? I feel like there was a thing called that, but I don't know what it was. Was it like a concert or? Um... No, Five Alive was a was a was a like shitty juice box kind of drink. Five Alive. I guess that's what they're going for here because it's like multicolored and rainbow shit. It's probably oh, that's a hundred percent what the logo looks like. That okay. I'm getting like PTSD flashbacks <laughs> from drinking juice. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that before somewhere. I'm Googling it. Five alive. Johnny Five is alive in oh, so uh, just, Short just, Circuit 1 and 2. I'm just getting a Five for Fighting cover band. Now. Uh, five Alive, known in French as Deli Sink, is a line of fruit juice blends created by Minute Maid, a subsidiary of Coca-Cola that there was introduced know. in the late 70s and stopped being sold in the United States in the 90s. So I definitely could have seen this before. And it's the official drink of the sport, Jialai, which sounds similar, but is not the same thing. Isn't it Hialai? Sure, whatever. <laughs> no one knows. No one watched that shit. And is that the one where they held like the that the scooper thing? It's like the big scoop. Like big it looks like you're catching dog shit. <laughs> 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 the shit would explode. Or maybe that's the competition. Maybe it's like how sports have like interesting origins. <laughs> Some guys were just... I'm going to catch my dog shit and throw it at you. No, uh. I'm going to whip it at you at 1,000 miles an hour. It's going to break the sound barrier. So you're going to get hit by it, and then you're going to hear the... <laughs> and then just break a bone from it. They throw like a fucking pool ball at each other. Right? It's like yeah, hard it's as a rock. it's incredibly dangerous. Um, but uh, it's not as, you know, not as dangerous as uh, juice. As math, apparently. Yeah, math. Uh, but this beer is very good. It, t- it tastes like juice. I don't know. It's got juice, juice, juice bubbles. This is not beer, but it's good, whatever it is. Strong note of bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's it's carbonated alcoholic juice. It's, it's what every seltzer wants to be, but wine. can't because sp- <laughs> seltzer sucks ass. And if yeah, you don't think so, Ryan you're wrong. Seltzer Orchestra. No, that one's good. <laughs> <laughs> 
If that's not a hard seltzer somewhere, someone needs to get on that. Jump five and, and whale. Call evil twin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, it was a jump, drive, and whale. Was that the jump, drive, one and whale, song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a beer pun for that right now. Anyway, so she's talking to the psychiatrist, and it's, I mean, I don't know how we're going to talk about this book, but she, it's seven <laughs> interviews, seven sessions that she has. And she and he asks her a bunch of questions that I'm sure are very like routine psych evaluation questions. And she is a really interesting patient because she is a genius. She is like the best mathematical mind this side of growth and dick, or whatever that fucking guy's name was. It just sounds like you have a lisp and you saw a dirty penis. <laughs> growth and dick. <laughs> Ew. All the smegma. And so she's the best mathematician. She also could have been one of the best violinists in the world. She has perfect recall of everything that's ever happened in her life. And, and if, she, tr- if she works at it, she can read four or five books a day and, and recall everything. So And can learn uh, a language by, you know, just being vaguely interested in it. But yeah, go on. So wait, go back one. Uh, so <laughs> would you say she can recall, she can read four or five books a day and recall uh everything so would you say she has an enhanced memory <laughs> yeah probably. that would also help with learning a language by the way yeah. <laughs> very useful this is enhanced memory by 18th ward brewing and i couldn't find a good beer for this book and then i saw i had this in the back of the fridge i was like holy shit Ironically, i'm a fucking you, genius you, for, <laughs> you forgot you had a beer called enhanced memory <laughs> that's it's been there a while. So, okay, <laughs> this is a uh, eight uh, IPA, India Pale L, eight uh, percent by Eighteenth Ward Brewing, and uh, yeah, I think it's been in there a while. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> is it's, it a regular um, IPA? Is it even a double? Just says IPA. Wow, old school. Oh, there you go. Yep. Sorry, Eighteenth Ward. Should have had it earlier. It's got a weird aftertaste. <laughs> it's probably not their fault. Probably not their fault. Anyway, so she has a a lot of the things that bothered me about this book was just how she's just a fucking genius at everything. Yeah. I know that's like the premise. That's like, I guess what he was kind of going for is like, what would it actually be like to talk to someone who's as smart as this? Probably smarter than in this. Okay. The thing that bothered me is that this is not what actual genius even looks like. It looks like this podcast, baby. <laughs> Three dumb idiots. <laughs> we're so smart, we're retarded. This beer is juice. <laughs> it tastes like bubbles. <laughs> Not we're the soapy so kind. Those hurt. <laughs> what I mean is, there are the, for the people that have actually existed and have been like math geniuses, they're not like this. So I went and looked up, you know, like a couple of people. And just some of the things. So one person that they, one person that they made that is mentioned in the book is John von Neumann, who was a mathematician who in the in the nineteen thirties and forties and fifties who, among other things, you know, worked on the was a consultant on the Manhattan Project and then invented got people together and largely invented like the very basic, not all of the architecture of how computers work that we still use today, but like a lot of, but a bunch of the framework, and this is called the von Neumann architecture, still is what we use today. But anyway, he, at the age of like 
six was able to divide one eight-digit number by another uh, in his head. Show and off. went on to, and it was just when he, you know, went to college, got his, like, PhD, and was offered a full professorship at Princeton, the math department, at, by, like, age 30. Uh, and everyone just was so marveled at how f- quickly he could just learn new stuff. He could just learn new stuff, new, incredibly difficult math so fast that everyone was just like amazed. But instead of being the like either troubled genius or the like, you know, shy mathematician, he was very outgoing, very extroverted, the life of the party. He was also really good with people. Which is not what you like think of. What do you just, think of a math genius? He's just the best guy ever. But he's still, busting the curve for the rest of us. But also, <laughs> but but uh, but the but thing he is, did hate dogs. Hated them. <laughs> I mean, they up, were no having sex with him. Wait, wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to have a flaw. Uh, he um uh yeah, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, so in this book. <laughs> Just to contrast that, act the real John von Neumann, who was actually a Hungarian baron. Jesus. Of course. Uh, so he was rich, too? Yeah, he was <laughs> fucking rich. He was fucking loaded. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Not what are you going to tell me next? An 11 inch really penis? <laughs> this guy just hit the lottery. I mean, you look at him and like, he looks like a schlubby accountant, actually. But, uh, but he's doing fine. He's doing well, just well, he died fine. At, he, you so know what? He, he died at 53. You fuck. Take that. Yeah, but he lived 11 lifetimes in that 53 Clear, years. Clearly. <laughs> trying to find, what was his he, flaw? Uh, he, had, he, had he, he looked like an accountant. <laughs> oh, he was a Jew. No, that's, that's not true. <laughs> he definitely wasn't if he was a baron. Yeah. In say, Hungary, definitely he, not. He's, he, was, uh, he became a Catholic, so, I mean, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this book... Dude, he memorized the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a million pages. What a it's dick. extremely long and must be. I've never actually read any of it, oh, but no. it must be fucking boring. Like, so fucking boring. It's not as anyway, long as his dick. So I've this book, seen a copy in real life, and I thought that that was the bookshelf. I didn't realize <laughs> it was just one book. Uh, like, in Stella Maris, it, the, Alicia talks about her... Uh, abilities about so her father and this is of course you know not fake this is not real this is fiction we all knew that I might even cut the fact that I said that uh so she <laughs> her father was worked on the Manhattan Project and she actually grew up at Los Alamos at least for the first first twelve years that uh, of her of her life and her father had a little like study in the shed out back or something like that and she was like. In the book, she's six years old. She's talking about how she grew to love math. She's six years old, and she goes out to the shed to, shed to see her father doing all that because he was a physicist. And she, she said, like, the equations just spoke to me. Like, the fucking calculus he was doing, the six-year-old is like, oh, it just spoke to me. And that's when I knew I had to do math. And it's like, you know, no, it, no she fucking didn't. I'm sorry. I mean, it's fiction. <laughs> but, like, like come that. on. Look at that cool Sigma. It's like, yeah, more like Ligma. Ligma Gooch. <laughs> Fucking terrible. But she also, I forgot, she has another, like, one of those things where genius people in movies have. She's a syn- she has synesthesia. So, like, you know, the number 19 smells like blueberries or something. You know, <laughs> Which or something. I've, <laughs> I've, 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 I, uh, I had a friend who 
uh, had synesthesia. And it's like really not that amazing. It is like just slightly weird. It's not this some like super genius thing. I mean, it's, it's different it, for everybody because there's some people who are, have it great and some people have it like, every time I see the color green, I taste shit in my mouth. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I hate forests. It just sounds like an inconvenience at the very at the very least. It's like, oh, God damn it. Who, like, what's that smell? Oh, someone just mentioned uh, the word tobacco and that <laughs> smells like, you know, farts to me. It smells like, like the number three, you know, <laughs> like it... And so even people Every time I've heard, I see pink, I have to do the three times tables in my head. Like it's that's, just, that's it's just OCD. A, all right. Oh, all right. Uh, I, I heard a G sharp and now I have to pee. Like it doesn't it's, it's just a weird cross firing of parts of your brain. But I guess that's the point, is like she has like a crazy brain we could never understand is what he's going for. Yeah. She's like part rain man, part powder, and you can just do anything. <laughs> except live. Except live. <laughs> you can't win them yeah. all <laughs> Or fuck her brother She couldn't do that either That's part of the book That yes. isn't like oh, me right. being an asshole like, That's, yeah, no, that's part 100%. 100% That's a large that part a of the book That is like the, the only book. conflict in the book And I mean I guess that's not quite that true But the only like The only like hint of A not quite a story Is that she, But the thing is because we read The Passenger We already knew that this was a thing Although it wasn't a big part of the passenger except it was a big part of the passenger anyway so she like mentions in one of the earlier chat earliest chapters that something about you know and my my lost love but then she won't talk about it she's like no i won't talk about it won't talk about it and she but because we read read the passenger i knew like oh it's her brother i guess we're gonna find out more about that and then the sort of based on that hint that it's like oh that's a reason to be interested in the later chapters but that's like kind of it for a story, for a, like a plot in this book. I don't think, I mean, I, I really don't understand how this fits in with the passenger in terms of like why, why wasn't this just like one long book that went back and forth? Why are they separate? I fucking have no idea. Why, why did he make them at all? I also don't really know. But I think, especially just this book by itself, it's like one of those allegorical books like he's just like working through his own I, I imagine his own ideas about math and reality and philosophy the brain and yeah philosophy and language and like all these things i guess you know here's this here are here are all like all the cool things i read about math but i'm just gonna have this weird character say them so I felt in the passenger. So after reading this, I real after reading Stella Maris, I realized that's also what he was doing in the passenger. But this time, he didn't even bother to try and come up with a plot to connect the conversations about the weird subjects he felt like talking about. This time, but but not a good plot because it didn't connect. Uh, no. In this, he's just like I'm just gonna, you know, the characters because he's a writer. You know, the characters like have a. Their, their stories are consistent. But I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about, which is math and physics and the nature of reality and fucking your brother, uh, you know, and boom. You know, I'm not even going to bother. Add. I'm not even going to bother with trying to make it into a plot. Well, I think uh, physics, math, philosophy, and fucking your brother, that's the, the nerd's royal flush as, uh, <laughs> in terms of topics. Maybe I'm making this up. Because it sounds plausible, but I know it's stupid. 
he the books make no sense plot wise because all of these crazy ideas can't work together. Right? He kind of does talk a lot about in the book how like math is amazing; it's the best thing ever, but it also makes no sense on a certain level. And physics, which is math for dumb people, according to this book, uh, you can't you get stuck in these places that don't make sense either, and you can't escape. And it's like, and philosophy doesn't explain everything, so you just keep like switching to a different crowd to try to understand things. That's what I would say in an English class. I don't really believe that. But I would like to give them the benefit of that, that there's a reason that these books don't have any fucking plot, and yet he wants to explore these incredibly deep and weird topics. But I couldn't find a real one. Jimmy, what do you think about the book? For me, you know, I liked it. I will not say that I understood it, but I think that that doesn't always have to be the case. Um, there's plenty of books I liked I didn't understand, plenty of books I didn't like that I didn't understand and you know other way around every permutation of that I thought Ooh, it was four. interesting I, I went into it basically as like you know she's dead she knows she kills herself so the whole book is basically like why does she kill herself to me that's how I went into it and you know I'm not going to ever begin to understand the math shit even though I find math like at this level like it's fascinating I don't understand what any of them are doing. I don't understand how writing anything on a chalkboard can say, oh, and therefore Pluto is over here. Like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? It's, it's basically witchcraft to me. It doesn't make any sense. I wish I went, could understand it. We only learned how to play music and write essays. <laughs> you only learned to count to four. I took calculus, and I could not tell you what it is. So it's anything... virgin math. It's, it's what Newton made up. <laughs> So what he had to do so he could stop masturbating because he was a big version. Instead, he switched to masturbating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so to no, me, it was like, you read the whole thing and you're really like, why did she kill herself? And a lot of it is her talking about everything she's been through trying to figure out, you know, the secrets of the universe, blah, 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 blah. But really it comes down to is she eventually comes to the conclusion that maybe nothing is real. Maybe she's not real. Maybe any of this is not real. Maybe the entire fundamentals of math aren't real, so therefore, what the fuck are we doing? At one point, our numbers might not be real. Well, that's something called like platonism. I had to look that up. It's the theory that numbers or other abstract objects are objective, timeless entities independent of the physical world and of the symbols used to represent them. So, like, you can see the number six, but there's a thing out there that is six independent of our universe and understanding of it. Okay, so actually, so this is actually an interesting philosophical question. So are, is math something humans invented that just happens to work really well, or is it an inherent property of the universe? Essentially, like, it? when when a mathematician, like, writes a paper and, like, you know, here's a new thing, is this a new invention, or is it a new discovery? Like, did it exist already and a person is just, a human is just discovering it? Or is this just a tool humans are inventing and expanding upon? And that's a really interesting question. And there, of course, is no answer to that. Or at least there's no, I mean, you can prefer one side or the other, but it's not like you can prove it. Isn't that the kind of question a really fucking high person asks, though? Absolutely. Like, who cares? Like, well, there's also a whole thing in this about how drugs, like when they put her on drugs and she stops seeing the her visitors, you know, the uh, thalidomide kid and all those stuff. And people, they talk about how like people think that maybe she's faking 
the hallucinations and they ask him like, do they exist? And she says, how do you define, do they exist? Like I see them. Don't they then exist? She's, she's, she must've been an insufferable person because that's her response to a lot of questions. It's like, well, what does that even mean? Well, that's basically what she's devoted her life to doing. And then she decides it doesn't mean anything, but it's a dick move. It's a dick move, right? Like, do you see these people in the room? She's like, well, what do you mean by C? It's like, you fucking know what I mean by C. <laughs> do you see, do your eyes open and they, they, you hit your fucking eyes with light reflecting off of them and it goes into your fucking asshole brain and then your brain goes like, oh, there's a kid with flippers for arms <laughs> and you go, gross. And then you <laughs> fucking talk to them. Like that, you know what it is. And but so it's like, also, it it, it's, not it's, exactly, like, it's not exactly that. Horribly. She, she, she doesn't oh. exactly say that, though. It's also just that she's like, she talks a lot about uh, perception, like how people see things differently. Like she says, they, do, they give the drugs, and the drugs, drugs alter perception to conform to what? Is to conform to what everyone else sees. It doesn't mean that what she is seeing is wrong to her necessarily. It's like all three of us, we could see the color green and it might look different to all of us because of the way that our eyes are. And it's like, so is the, does green, what is green? You can't even define what green is. So it's a leap to say there's a kid with flippers, probably not. But she says, how do you define what exists and what does not? And this is something she's, you know, devoted her life to. So to her, it might to, to us, it might seem like, oh, what a dick asking these pointless questions. But this, that's what her entire being has been about is like trying to answer these questions. She's she a can't. fucking. She's a teenager who is asking these questions. She didn't. She had hasn't had that much life to devote. She's just an asshole who took a philosophy class <laughs> and is being a prick to her parents. Like, well, what does it mean to be late for curfew? What these are the time? same fucking questions that like. Plato and Socrates and shit ass, and they were old dudes. Like, what is the meaning of this? Yeah, but Plato asked the questions to get to a result. Like, yeah, was Plato was a dick. Like, like, Let's get drunk answer. and fuck each other. Yeah. Plato, <laughs> Plato knew the answer the whole time, and in the dialogues is, or Socrates knows the answer the whole time, and he's asking the dumb guy, the, like the, the, the stooge setup, asking him questions. Foil, yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, he sets him up, like, asked him, like, Questions that they he sets a bunch of logic traps for the dumb guy. I forget what the name is, like Stavros or whatever <laughs> Greek name is. He's like, what do you think? It's, it's Nick. It's what Nick. do you think the meaning of life is, it's Nick? He's like, uh, lamb. And he's so like, lucky. No, <laughs> like, and then eventually they get to like, well, what is the meaning of what is what is souflaki? And then they, all of a sudden he's like, hero. And they go through the whole thing, and then he's like, and that's why I'm right. And you're like, I guess, fuck, I don't know. But he has. An idea, she, her idea here is ultimately solipsism. She's like, nothing, I don't know if anything could exist, so I should die. I thought um, solipsism was when you think you're the only thing that exists. Right, so she's the only thing she could prove exists, right? Like, I don't know, do I see a vaudevillian flipper-armed shaman baby <laughs> that no one else sees? Maybe it's real? Like, I fucking, and then, uh, I don't know. It, it just... It just struck me as like over the, the way dicks in college talked. Like when they were like, I'm a senior now in my bachelor's program. I know everything. And then they you know, say, well, how do you even know what true is? It's like, shut the fuck up. You know what's true? Your mother's a whore. <laughs> like the truth part that they're talking. You know what I'm talking about, Nate? You know these people. Oh, yeah. I understand. Help yes. me here. It's, you know it's, what I'm it's talking kind of about? like, it's kind of like, yeah, they're dicks. And 
we have, you know, established things we've all agreed on as a civilization, like rules. Well, just and as like, like fucking ob- like, ob- observant creatures. Yeah, but it's also like physics says this, and then quantum physics is like, eh, maybe. Like, does something, is something right there? It's like, well, it's not that it's there. It's that it's more likely to be there than it is to not be there. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, dickhead? And they're like, well, that's what we've gotten to the point. We don't really get it. We're trying to figure it out. But we don't think about that shit in our everyday life because it's too fucking much. It's too confusing. And who the fuck cares in the end? Some people do. I don't. I'm, I'm just trying fuck. to have a beer. Yeah. Speaking of, I don't have my other one because it's a big boy. And you're going to need it. Uh, she learns a lot of languages, right? Uh, one of them in particular, she learns, she speaks it accentlessly because all you have to do is yell to say it, per, say it correctly. Uh, at, German. <laughs> it's German. <laughs> this is uh, from Une Année Brewery, um, and it's from something called Hubbard's Cave. Like, I don't know, a sub thing they do? I don't know what it's called. It's called German Chocolate Cake, and it's 12%. And nice. it's Imperial set with chocolate pecan and toasted coconut. She is coconuts in this book. She's She's crazy. Oh, my God. But how do you know you're really tasting it, Jimmy? <laughs> Guys, this what is... What is a cocoa nut? This is uh, one that I wish that you could have. This is actually this is actually the most chocolate beer I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it tastes fucking like German chocolate cake was... Pause blended. the recording. I'm getting in the car. <laughs> <laughs> this thing will fuck you up. I'm going to see if I can get some more, and I'll save them for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, oh. it's, you ever had German chocolate cake? It's like eating uh, a lead brick made of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. That's like the density of the thing you put on when you get an x-ray. It so is a black hole. Don't get cancer. <laughs> it's it like... sucks in all of their cakes around it. <laughs> uh, it's really fucking good. And there's definitely a lot of coconut, too. Jesus fucking cunt. Ooh. Oh, we man. should Wait. say these beers are brought to us by our supporters over at Patreon. Thank you, patrons. Mm. If you want to support the <laughs> podcast, you could uh, head over to patreon.com slash where you can get all sorts of cool perks depending on how much or how little of a cheap fuck you are. And you can get early access to episodes, vote in our monthly book poll, get exclusive content, get shouted out in our book poll episodes, get stuff mailed to you. you I get- think I'm drunk now. <laughs> <laughs> And then and join us for our live And you can episodes. get Jimmy drunk. Things happen. When Jimmy's drunk, lots of things happen. Uh, usually, uh, I wake up at home. Anyway. <laughs> usually. Head over there if you want to support the podcast. If you don't want to do that, you can also support us by heading over to uh, wherever you're listening and dropping a review, hopefully a good one, or going telling someone to listen to this uh, before they kill themselves. And if they're going to kill themselves, also tell them to not do that. But, you know, you know <laughs> maybe this podcast would help. I don't know. It probably wouldn't hurt unless it's the author of Outlander. She might feel really bad. I'm sure her <laughs> countless <laughs> millions will soften the blow. I think I think she'll be okay. The book won't. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's what you could do. Back to this book. There was so, another uh, thing in this one about uh, the invention of, of language. Oh yeah, I had, I had objections to that passage. Actually, mm. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my first one was that uh, she said, "Well, you know, so." She's talking about how language is a like an invasive parasite virus, but then she says, you know, but you know, everything that humans do evolved over a lot millions of years, except for language, which only is about a hundred thousand years old. And it's like, "Mm, nope. You know what? I think that's probably not true. 
I wasn't sure because this also is supposed to take place down in like 1970. So I don't know with Cormac McCarthy is like is that is what going leak? back to like I don't know uh, anthropology textbooks that were printed in 1970 to be like what did they think about what this stuff is, which well, would be really stupid. That also, I hope he didn't do that. that also brings up another weird thing about this book. Or maybe it? he wrote it in 1970 and he then started writing it. Lois Leakey or whatever the fuck has some good ideas. Is Have you heard thing about the Lucy? About, I, I looked up people's thoughts about this book. And that like, Jane Goodall is a fine young thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have she a is. gorilla in the mist for her. It's not even the right person. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, not, I always confuse that person and the other monkey lady. I, f- I forget the Diane we, we, something? We've, we've, we've mentioned her before. Fosse? Diane Fosse, yeah, Bob Fosse. Bob's wife. And, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I looked up stuff that other people said about the monkeys book. just had like elaborate <laughs> dance patterns that you could see. They do only book. jazz hands. <laughs> they wear white gloves and top hats. Oh no, it sounds like minstrel shows it's, now. It's Michigan oh, J. Michigan, <laughs> Michigan J. Frog, but more racist, um, which is hard. In this book, other people pointed out like people that like really got into it way more than we did. Um, when she tells the shrink. What a fucking, she says, a positron is composed of two up quarks and one down quark. That's not what a positron is. That's a proton. She's wrong. And even well, even though she doesn't do physics, that's basic shit. So hmm. is yeah, she... I thought that too. I didn't fucking know fucking, that. I, I, but fuck, this, yeah, exactly. I have, fucking no idea. I have no fucking idea. But yeah, she should know that. Positrons are not made up of quarks. Yeah, so... They're made up of shit boom. bosons or something. <laughs> Take that, Cormac McCarthy. So does she... It's it's probably not a mistake that Cormac McCarthy made because he wrote this book for 30 years or whatever the fuck. And that's and he just a basic loves thing. meth nerds. Is that... Is she wrong? Or is she making shit up to fuck with the therapist? She's definitely fucking with the therapist. She's but like just doing shit. I don't think shit. the therapist is expected to know quantum mechanics. And so I doubt that she would have said that to fuck with the therapist because how would the fuck would he know? It's not his thing. He's psychology, not physics. Yeah, so she's just... I bet this is another example of a fucking English major trying to do science. Ooh. Just like Treacle Walker, which we're definitely going to talk about later. Oh. I mean, it's like Cork McCarthy. this book, he went to like work at a math institute for years and like hung out with him for... Full time for a long time but to like learn. Did all that he shit. understand it? Well, he you know, apparently for like people that know math and they read it, like all the theoretical shit he talks about with all the philosophy of math, like he gets that pretty decently. Not exactly, I'm sure, but like decently for like a layman. But like knowing what a fucking quark is, that's basic. He wouldn't have not been able, that would not be a, a mistake one would make. So there's well, some but it's unreliable a narrator Cormac stuff. McCarthy could make. You know what I'm saying like. It's just it's it's probably not a mistake he would make in this particular instance. I have to think it's got to. This is a very intentional shit. Like he wouldn't slip I up. I disagree. On like that. I think this is Cormac McCarthy not actually understanding what he's talking about. I, I don't know. know. He that's spent my so much time. He got all the other advanced physics stuff right. Like that's like it's saying, true. well, of course, one plus one is three, and we always move on. Like, wait, he must have just mistyped that. You know what they say, guys? Muons, moo problems. Gluons. That's yeah. a subatomic particle, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. There you go. You know what? I'm I'm gonna i I'm gonna search for the quote right now. Yeah. That would be About gluons? Uh, no, positrons. You know, I you know what I think is a real <laughs> missed opportunity. 
that there are up and down quarks, then there are top and bottom quarks. Quarks can be gay, Michael. And then there's a strange quark. It really should have been curious. It should have been (laughs) a curious quark. A bi quark. I'm just curious. I don't know. Say. Oh, yeah. There you go. I felt something. (laughs) I just want some glue on. So, you know what? Higgs is hot. You know what? Actually, there's the M boson. This is a typo. Because he goes on literally in the next sentence to say what a neutron is made of. He This word is meant to be proton. Proton is made... So he, the sentence reads, a positron is made up of two, uh, of two up quarks and a down quark. A neutron is made up of two down quarks and an up quark. Here's the thing. Had that word been, pos- been proton, he actually... It actually... Both sentences would read correctly. And because they're next to each other... I actually think that this is a typo. He meant to write proton. He just wrote positron by accident. That's what I think happened. I think it has to be her fucking with the guy. She doesn't sleep. She's crazy and in a mental institution. I I really don't think it's intentional. I don't think this is the character actually doing that intentionally. I think this Cormac McCarthy mistyping. And everyone else yeah. like, who gives a shit? Yeah, because the, that his fucking editor English. doesn't know physics. They're also an English major. I don't know who it is, but I would bet money they have an English degree. But so you don't think he made all the all the math guys he's been bothering for thirty years read this? I can't imagine Not that he necessarily. Didn't have to check it. They might have said, "Go away, Cormac." <laughs> he was there for years, apparently. Like I can't imagine that he would have like not had them check. You, you know when you're really apt to start to learn advanced math and physics? It's when you're 70. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's when you're but, really but here's the thing. Them. He also could be the kind of writer who would just not want to show his stuff to people, not want to show the writing. He would be like, no, this is my perfect creation and not actually and only talk to the physics, physics guys just about physics and not have them actually read the book. You can't give that this book away for free. All the all the book nerds are excited, and the physicists will be like, "Mison horny." Mison is also a physics words, Michael. I did, I have been. <laughs> I think I know any of these. I don't know shit about physics. Nothing. No. I will say though, to what Jimmy said earlier about the math thing, I agree with. The book does a really good job of making math sound really cool and beautiful. I mean, I'm sure it is and really cool if I can understand it. <laughs> all I remember of math is fucking aggravation because I was bad at it as a student. And they yeah. were like, ah, you suck. Like, I think almost everyone like. is bad at it except for the lucky few that can really I think like. Because most know. people don't get it taught to them very well. And by the time you could ever get to the advanced shit, you have so many hang ups about math. And is it because we spent a full year? Uh, proving that a triangle was a triangle or some stupid shit. I, that was the biggest load of shit ever. Like, I should have <laughs> been able to write every time. Because it's the same triangle. <laughs> Fuck Euclid. And the fact that you ASS doesn't, isn't proving anything is ridiculous. <laughs> there is no way Euclid didn't plan that 2,500 years ago. Yeah, just like, no, it's always the same triangle. The ASS on this won't quit. <laughs> 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 the angle side side on this won't quit. Yeah, but like, there's non-Euclidean geometry also talked about in this book. I don't know what that means. I just feel like that's it I means think that's like just shapes geometry. Are, where people it who shapes hate it? Greeks 
I don't no, know yeah. what that means. Is it's it, actually really simple. It's Turkish this geometry. This book made it sound like there's a battle between Euclidean geometry and not no in non-Euclidean geometry. So there's in 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 Euclidean geometry there are five axioms. They're five like these are the building blocks of like and like, most of them are simple, and then they, all of a sudden the last one's like really long. Like they're like a straight line is always straight. A curious line, you know, yeah. It's like two two points determine a line is one of the <laughs> one of the really simple ones. But there's one, so the one about That's parallel like real- lines. Parallel lines never intersect is one of the is one of Euclidean's things. So that's true on a flat surface, but on a surface that's not flat, they will intersect. So if you're just like on a sphere, like lines of longitude, they intersect at the North Pole. So like. What about it's, lines it's, of latitude? They don't intersect. No, they don't. But lines so, of longitude uh, do intersect. So it's, it's not, my, not my, all my point is, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that there's not like a war between Euclidean geomet- geometers and non-Euclidean geometers. It's just like, is are, a geometer you a thing? In, are you working in flat? Are you working with flat planes or are you working in curved surfaces? That's all it's about. It's funny these guys are just talking about flat and curvy things, but they could never find the clit because they're just. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all about that ASS. <laughs> Where is the clit? Uh, it's a myth. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, here's one. There's a, okay, wait. I have a oh, physics okay. joke. Yeah. Oh, okay. A physics joke for you. I don't remember where I saw this, uh, but basically, it was like people. It was like people were making like sci- memes, but it was like about science, and it was just like a very nerdy looking girl, and, and so that they were making using like science words to make double entendres. And the in the physics one was um, your bosons give me a hadron. <laughs> 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 That's it. That's the whole joke right there. <laughs> There, uh, I, th- I think we've mentioned that uh, Richard Dawkins in one of his books mentioned the Large Hadron Collider, but typed Hard-On Collider <laughs> by like, or autocorrected or something. And then the editor is like, oh, and he's like, please leave that. <laughs> that the, the Large Hard-On Collider could bring around black holes. I think I have that DVD. <laughs> oh my god! So, um, it, but here's here there are passages like, and I've heard things said like this before, and in other books and in places. Where like Goodwill Hunting or something, where like math sounds really cool, and you hear it, and you're like, man, all I fucking know of math is like the quadratic equation. Don't know what I it is what though. You, I don't know what you do with it. Like, who the fuck cares? You do something, like, here's a something with derivatives. I don't remember. Is that the negative no. b equals the square root of something? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was for. Or for four ac or some shit. I remember. I, used, I had to know it at some point. I don't know why I had to know it because I've used it zero fucking times since I took that I class. I think it's when honestly, you I, I used it use very it, few times during that Use class. it when you decline uh, a number, right? Yeah, when I have to figure <laughs> out if it's in the uh, accusative case. <laughs> but here she's talking about growth and dick. Um, he's turned out more work than any five mathematicians should be expected to. Approaching Euler, Bueller, Euler, no, Euler, right? He, he placed. He was placed German. A, for Edmonton. Um, finally, he Euler. set out to rewrite all of algebraic geometry. I was like, what do you mean rewrite? Just like photocopying. He wanted to use own- uh, C's and D's <laughs> instead of A's and B's. Yeah. <laughs> ASS is definitely <laughs> going to work now. He only got through about a third of it, several thousand pages, but he changed mathematics fundamentally. He led the Borbaki group, but... Oh, fuck. What did you shove, Cunning Kendall? He led the Borbaki group, but in the end, they couldn't follow him. Not a good leader, 
or wouldn't. Their mathematics was grounded in set theory, which was beginning to look more and more porous, and he'd moved a good bit beyond that to a whole new level of logical abstraction, a new way of looking at the world. He was completing what Riemann started to unseat Euclid forever, ignoring for now the fifth postulate, the intrusion of infinity, which Euclid couldn't deal with. When you get to topos theory, you are at the edge of another universe. You That's have when you have lots of little, to st- tiny little bits of a lot of different kinds of math. Yeah, to- topos. <laughs> it's when you do math in Spain. <laughs> you have, it's when you calculate how many, how many people are napping right now. You have found a place to stand where you can look back at the world from nowhere. It's, ju- it's not just some gestalt. It's fundamental. Like, man, math sounds sexy. I don't know what any of that fucking shit I'd fuck means. Math hard. I mean, like that sounds really cool. It sounds very beautiful and poetic and grand and like, oh my god, it's important. But what it really is to me, as a person who doesn't know shit about math, it's the equivalent of when you watch a movie and somebody's hacking a computer by typing a lot. They're just like, <laughs> oh, he's hacking, and they're just like, oh, there's a firewall, and then I'm through. Like that's what I get from this. Like, oh, there's math, and some people get to the next level of math. And there are, there are clips the higher, of this fucking stupid TV show called NCIS where oh, like, yeah, they're, they're like two like computer hacker programmer people. I don't know. But they just, they, they were just, what they do is they just like type furiously. They literally, they're just like fingers just like blah, 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 as fast as they can. They're like, oh, I'm getting into the mainframe. Oh my God. And that's how they like discover who the killer is at or wherever the fuck point, it is. It's at a certain so, point, they they knew that people thought this was ridiculous, so they tried to make it more and more ridiculous looking on camera because they knew it was part of the joke is that they were aware of how this is not hacking, but for TV, we're going to up it like, oh, they're going to switch places and type on a different keyboard now. Ready? And then they just do like, you know, it's, it's ridiculous, but it is theater. But they, they start saying shit that doesn't even make sense. Like, I don't fuck about computers either. We like, have to download more RAM. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It has firewall encryption. You're like, is that? I don't even think that's the right phrase. And I, I'm through. It doesn't matter. I have a back track. I have like a worm I use. I'm like, what? what? It's, fucking... it's a Trojan horse. It's wearing a the best. The best description, <laughs> depiction of hacking was uh, Mr. Robot. I that was at that. least slightly accurate. Yeah. It's mostly tricking people into giving you their passwords. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, real hacking. That's actually. what it is. <laughs> Tricking people or just, or a second thing is downloading the file that contains all the passwords, but they're encrypted and then just re- decrypting them. Or get in with a plug a in a thumb of drive. computational power. Yeah, you leave a thumb drive in their, in their car, be like, wonder what this is. And they plug it into their government computer like, I'm in. You know, that's half of what it is. That <laughs> works so well. <laughs> like, for real. If you see a thumb drive just like lying on the ground... Do not pick it up. Do not put it in your computer. Even if it says duck porn on it, <laughs> no matter what. What if, what if you pull it out nope. before it finishes? <laughs> you can't get it what it has. Michael, then, right? you can get pregnant from pre-cum. I mean, there's a lot of it. <laughs> so uh, what if it's in your mouth? Anyway. Uh, it depends on... I don't know what any of that shit means, surgery. but I'm going to need to have a beer. So they talk about math, and she also shit talks physics a lot. Like In physics, I understand... At least high school, which is nothing. I understood the high school math better than I understood the high school physics. I was really offended by this. Because <laughs> uh, high school physics I had given up entirely on oh, yeah. uh, by day one. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Still in just shock over chemistry being the worst thing ever. How do you add together letters and it makes air? <laughs> 
I mean, I know how that works because if I add the letters G-Y-R-O to my body, I produce a lot of air in the next day. <laughs> uh, but they physicists are worried about shit like calculating the mass of something. <laughs> this beer is from Finbeck and Root and & Branch, and it's Root Plus Branch, which looks mathy. And it is it's called... Math. Ma- yeah, that's math. It is, right? Plus, <laughs> plus that's branch. fucking math. I think that's Root plus branch equals tree. Um, <laughs> mass and the ornament. green grass grows all around. It's a double IPA that's 9% alcohol that is dry head with Phantasm, Lotus, El Dorado, Idaho 7. More math. Idaho 7, Cryo. Even more math. And it is... Uh, what is it called? Have, Even more math? No, it's called mass ornament. Oh. <laughs> he was saying also, that... If we were doing a book about Jesus, like you can call a crucifix that too. <laughs> this is d- oh no, I'm going to reiterate that a mass ornament is what you call Santa's dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually what you call Santa's um, cock ring, <laughs> <laughs> and he wears one. It's 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 a, it has a lot of. It's mass. cold up there. You've got to got to work with what you got. You know. Listen, Mrs. Claus is getting a little old in the tooth. Don't call her Mrs. Claus for no reason. He's got to be careful. She doesn't cut her toenails. Uh, anyway, so it's called <laughs> Mass Ornament, and it's delicious. Um, I'm going to understand this beer. I understand this beer instantly. It is delicious. This book, I don't really understand. But I, can I can I say, this is the first book, and we don't have to go in any order, but another just thought before I forget it. The first thought, uh, not the first thought, the first book Cormac McCarthy wrote with a female character is this, right? Female protagonist. Yeah, there have been like Though women who just get there's murdered. There's been like one or two others that there has been a main character it was, but it's more. It's the only one that has as many words. So I want to explain why this is his first and should be last, uh, with just one quote, and it's about the past. Towards the very end, she tells the psychologist or psychiatrist, I forget which he is, uh, about her dream where she fucked her brother. Mm. She eventually reveals that she she's in love with her brother, and he was in love with her, but they wouldn't do anything about it. We also didn't and, say that at this point in her life, he is in a coma in Italy, which wasn't ex- was that part of the passenger? I don't even remember that. Yeah, he was. That's why. That's uh, there was she, a brief line that in the, near accident. the beginning of the and the of the the passenger that oh, and he got injured. He was like very badly hurt, and that's why he doesn't race anymore. But that's, but that was like that was it. He's in a coma, they men- and they're they mentioned to, that he was in a coma. Uh, but they're in the petitioning other one. To, to get her to take him off life support. So he's in there for presumably a little while, at least. Yeah, but they think he's brain dead, and he somehow comes out of that. Because I think in, in the passenger, he talks about how he was in a coma when she killed herself, and that's you know that's when it happened. That makes the timing checks. I out. didn't catch that. So it was hard to catch sure. a lot of stuff. Well, anyway, so this is why I think Cormac McCarthy doesn't write about women. Um, because he's just he's, it's awful, and he shouldn't ever again. So he's. Uh, when was this? Two years ago. Do you want me to tell you about it? Tell you or not? Yes. And she says, there were candles everywhere, and we were naked. And he looked up at me from between my legs and smiled. And his face in the candlelight was all shiny with girl juice. <laughs> and then I woke up. Ew. <laughs> girl juice. I can understand a disgusting child molester saying that. The kind of guy who has a van with a puppy that's lost. Like, oh, girl juice. But a woman to to use that is ridiculous. And I'm not some like, oh, I'm a male feminist type. Like, come on now. No woman would ever be like, yeah, I want my girl juice on your face. 
That's ridiculous. I could see them saying that on uh, Girls, that really terrible show. Yeah, but then she'd be saying it while she like ate a burrito and had her fucking vagina waxed and was <laughs> taking a shit. Because <laughs> that show was just about being disgusting. But really, which woman ever is like, yeah, my girl juice was all over his face. It was nice. That was gross. And this is, and this is also a guy, by the way, that uses the words that the thesaurus was like, we don't need that one. No one uses that one. <laughs> but girl juice he settled on. He's like, that's, that's perfect. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I mean. Genius. You could be gross. You could be like, oh, pussy juice. Like, ah. Like, girl juice? Lady jizz. Ew. Ew, yeah. And then he looked up at me, his face covered in my lady snail and <laughs> from debris. <laughs> I have heard it called a snail trail. Oh yeah, snail. There's a, there's a lot of that's that also could be um, that could be jism. Yeah, depending post postcoital contextual remnants. Yeah. It's a poetic term, but <laughs> I just found that really it's Chaucer, yeah. dude. Chaucer did say, uh, yeah, it was, uh, Chanterelle, uh, the, uh, the 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 cock said that <laughs> the cock's tail. <laughs> <laughs> also, I did find another, I believe, factual error. I'm sure there's a bunch. I just don't know the stuff well enough to know where they are. But but I'm not sure now if it was intentional or careless. I there's, there are a bunch. There's a bunch like how she uses the names of drugs that don't exist in 1972, but they're called that after. It was like, well, and people are debating this. Like, well, you know, they had that. They were called that in certain studies, and they, they were named this thing. And like, or I found this one in 1961 where it was a case study about it. It was like, okay, maybe, but like, who the fuck knows? So, um, at one point she mentions her family, and for some reason it comes up a lot that she's Jewish. I'm not sure what that means about anything, but they mention she finds out she... There's, she some, mentions, uh, there's some Virgin Mary stuff in here. Okay. I need to explain it to me before I forget this, though. Hmm. She find, she's like, oh, I wanted to learn... I learned Romanian by, you know, reading, a, you know, listening to a books on tape or something. And books on phonograph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. There's a 700 phonograph set to learn Romanian. It weighs 1,000 pounds. And she goes, oh, my ancestors, it was uh, the woman who landed at Ellis Island in 1848 was 15. She left Europe with her mother, blah, 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 blah. Ellis Island didn't become a major point for immigration until 1890. 1848, it was still being used. Oh, yeah, that's too early. It's way too early. It was... Used for various things, like mostly just like military purposes, but it was not an immigration processing place in 1848, and certainly not the type that you would be able to go through, you know, Ancestry.com and find your relatives about there on there. So that's well, Ancestry.com also didn't exist in 1972. True. But in, but in 18 but in 1972, there's a better chance that like there were still those, those uh, Ellis Island paper records still existed somewhere. Um, but it, but 1848, like that, two generations no. before that was a thing. Like people, people, we all, we all, Nate, you know, Jimmy and I went to school in New York City as kids, and like every, I feel like fourth grade social studies is like Ellis Island. Ah, we took all the dirty Italians, and they Not came all of here. Them. Some of them got the tuberculosis and got sent back. That's true, and then they they looked in their eyes, checking and their they had, head or something. I don't know. And they had like pink eye, and they'd write a chalk little frowny face. Someone on their chest. farted on your pillow. Back to Naples, you go, Giuseppe. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Ciao. Um, well, in New England, uh, the, all you learn in elementary school for social studies is just the first Thanksgiving. That's Which was it. also wildly untrue. And we don't learn what really happened either. We just learned the like, oh, the first Thanksgiving is a thing that happened in New England. And then the rest of it's not real. But of course, that's, we didn't learn that. We just learned the like very classic story. Squanto, you rock, dude. And then you uh, learn about why taxes about are bad. Squanto <laughs> was a slave that got brought to Europe and then got brought back. He's like, you know, I know we could find some more people that we could enslave. And we brought him back. Like, okay, now I'm going to go. And he ran. <laughs> some I weird shit it. like that. Did we leave that part out? That's also why he spoke. He could speak to the pilgrims who were totally not nice people and not shitheads. Totally. Did you ever see the movie? Hungry. Did you ever see the movie Mafia? Uh, not in a long time, but I have seen it actually. It was like a spoof of The Godfather when he gets to and Ellis Island. Good fellas, Island. And yeah. All those he gets to Ellis Island, and that you know they just they give him a new name. It's like, what's your name, kid? He's like, uh, uh, and they open up his jacket. It's like Armani Windbreaker. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then at, at his funeral in the flash in the present day thing, because it's a flashback funeral. It's like we're here to lay to rest, you know, like Anthony Armani Windbreaker Cortino. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Well, that's just, it's in Godfather 2, there's the Ellis Island passage. Yeah. Where they bring him in, and he's like, what's your name? And then they do the thing that every American does when someone doesn't speak English. You just speak loudly and slowly. What is your name? And he's like, Vito Andali. He's like, Vito Corleone, done. And then he just changes his name, and then he, he has um, pink eye or something, and they make him sit in the quarantine. Someone and then he sings a song. He sings an Italian folk song. About missing his donkey. That's what happens. Like, there's no subtitles. I looked at it. I was like, what is he talking? What is he singing about here? He's singing a song about, like, I used to have a donkey, and I don't have a donkey anymore. It's about ass. Clearly, he was part of a donkey show back in Italy. <laughs> he was all about proving ASS. Oh, yeah. Um, so, also, this... See, for that part, you know, it's like... <laughs> once again, I don't know if... I, I can't, it's very possible he just did it wrong, or it's a factual inaccuracy, or maybe it's a parallel universe where Ellis Island opened earlier, or in this world of the fucking <laughs> no, thing. No, he's just an old man who or, like didn't realize he was wrong, and or he is probably just, won't show it to people. So is it he's just this just, lady he's, fucking with the dude? Who knows? It's, it's impossible to tell. That seems so like another, a basic thing for the editor. But what is the purpose of fucking with the dude by making this very tiny factual error? So she was There's away no with. purpose. I wonder if it's by if you could sneak in little lies with with abandon, you can get some big shit in too. The right? whole like, thing at the end, yeah, about, but is this about, is you, such a little lie because it doesn't fucking matter. The, the whole thing at the end is about how he's saying like she finally cops to like wanting to fuck her brother, and the whole thing he talks about like well sometimes you tell someone a terrible thing so you don't have to tell them an even worse terrible thing. So she's slipping in bullshit the whole time, testing the waters, see what she get away with. This is Cormac McCarthy making a mistake. I that's all it is. I don't. I don't. I disagree. I think this is one of those books where you read it and your English teacher is like, "But what did he not say?" And then you're like, "Oh fuck, it's one of those." He did not say that Ellis Island wasn't a Ellis Island wasn't a thing at that time. I mean, they existed. It was. It was. It's been part of New York. They've used it for bullshit. But it wasn't the the immigration thing. But it was. I think this is the kind of book where your your Sherpa professor talks you through. You go through it, and you're like, "Look at all the shit she's lying about." 
And she says it at other points, and the psychiatrist accuses her of it or suggests it at other points. And and we're, we're leaving another thing. Like, because it's just dialogue, there's no um, emotion attached to these words. He frequently so, goes like, I'm sorry, is this too hard for you? And you're like, I guess yeah. she's crying you, now? What? She, he, he says at one point, like, and now you're crying or something like that. I think, Are you okay? Do you want to stop? I didn't mean to upset you. Like, her tone changes. And I'm curious, Nate, did you do the audiobook? No. Does it even exist? It does, and it's got two actors. So I'm oh, kind okay. of curious, you know, if... It's if probably a woman, completely different experience. I, wa- I wonder if it is, or I, I can't imagine they'd read it in monotone. Like, do no. they add... Like, does she sound hysterical when she's saying certain lines? Does she sound... Well, you know, I would be... So this is... This is so I this is where, like, the actor, actor, who p- portrayed either one of the characters, like, their choices about what, how to portray it um, would actually be very would would make the difference, and if they got a different person, a different person would portray it differently. And so, I the the audiobook is not like definitive as to like what it means. This is way. And more I also like can't a play. imagine Corporate McCarthy wrote this with the audiobook version in mind back in 1970. Probably not. No, but it it came out. And I can't imagine that the publishers are just like, I don't know, just fucking go with it to the actors. Like, there must have been some some guidance. No, I doubt it. I, the, the, I, I bet. I, I bet. I mean, there was maybe a little bit of guidance, but audiobooks are just, like, churned out. They're really just like, oh, can you read out loud? And can you, like, act a little bit? Okay, here you go. Here's your, and who, you know, and you have a nice actors? microphone. Were they there's a whole like so there's a whole I mean there are there are some uh, audiobook people who like to have done a lot of books and you're like oh I remember I recognize his voice but also there's a whole system where you know you sort of like set yourself up as a like audiobook narrator and you like authors will like send you like you know with like five pages and you read them and then if they like it they're like okay you go ahead do the whole book and it's not like any like literally it's it's very Impersonal, but I mean, for like this, did they get like just audio? I didn't listen to or? it. I have no idea. I mean, there are people with um, with Wikipedia pages. Um, They've done a lot. The woman is named Julia Whelan, who was in some random TV shit back in like the early two thousands and late nineties, and now does audiobook stuff. And then, and she does like yeah, she she narrates long form nonfiction journalism, including the New Yorker, Atlantic, ProPublica. Vanity. That exists. I mean, d- blind people got to read too, son. I guess. And then never thought about it. Yeah, Nate's just Nate's just uh, stolen valoring what blind people <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Eduardo Ballerini, which might be one of the mathematicians mentioned in this book. He isn't is that multiple a, ballerinas. It's it's a yeah a ballerina yeah, it's a it's a what you call a troop of them, <laughs> Ed, Eduardo Ed Ballerini, who is uh, he is a smoldering looking man. He was in a couple episodes of The Sopranos, of course, and um, shit I've never heard of the Italian show, <laughs> of The Sopranos. <laughs> I, uh, so I want to assume that these voice actors, Nate. Went and did it their entire like however they wanted, and one I think I want to assume that the psychiatrist did it, 
in a 1930s noir gangster voice. And Mer, how like, do you feel about that? Me? Exactly. <laughs> Mer, he's an anti-Semite. She uh, anti-Semite. And then what could her say voice it be? into the Tommy gun? See, <laughs> <laughs> what well, what could be what, what would be her voice, Jimmy? What could be the most ridiculous voice for her to use? Uh, and then we could a, read a chapter. <laughs> she is a uh, she's a strong German uh, milkmaiden. Right. Uh, you you could do that voice. <laughs> <laughs> Just yell. That's all you got to do. Very disruptive of a piece of its value. Created destruction. All sorts of talents and skills must have been lost. Mostly communicative. Ma'am, I'm sure you're being fascista. Shay, are you okay, copper? <laughs> <laughs> I hope they did. Do you, Nate, do you think they could have done that on the audiobook? I was deeply synesthetic. <laughs> but ma'am, uh, um, is there anything from our meeting you want to discuss, bitch? <laughs> I guess it's not completely impossible. <laughs> You're a crazy dame, Shay. <laughs> I will fist you. Um, so I, 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 do, I do wonder, though, how the audiobook came out, because it would be a totally different product. This is basically a script for a, like a radio play. Like, it's just dialogue. But without any of the direction. Yeah. <laughs> so, or quotation marks. Good luck. I still find it... Or apostrophes. Absurd how it's just... So what ends up happening, because he has to keep it, you know... Um, Every paragraph break is a new person. It's not even like dialogue where it's like therapist, colon, how are you today? Alicia, colon. It's just line, new paragraph line. Hey, how's it going? I hate you. Give me the cigarettes, whatever. That means that sometimes they're speaking in incredibly long run-on paragraphs because she goes on long-winded things. It's like, this is, this, there should be multiple paragraphs here. Now you're just being an asshole. But if you were to break up the paragraph, it would look like the other guy's talking. <laughs> so he creates this stupid system. And I really think it is, I said it in the passenger, it is pretentious and bullshit that he thinks that this is acceptable. And if he didn't win the Pulitzer and, you know, have some of his books made into movies, people would be like, go fuck yourself, dude. Like, you can't, you don't get to, this isn't like fucking Phoenician. You know, like, there are rules. You have to do what the <laughs> rules Phoenician are. Phoenician have no rules. Phoenician had no vowels. Uh, but uh, Neither does Hebrew. Written. Well, it's, they're related. Um, but Phoenician, it, by the way, an alphabet with no vowels is called an abjad. If you know that stupid word. That sounds like a slur. Abjad. <laughs> Some fucking abjads just moved in next door. <laughs> I, I heard this comedian, this bit from a, a few years ago, he's saying, you know, He's talking about the phrase Chinaman. He's like, it's not that bad. It's not that racist. But you know what sounds really racist? The names of Chinese restaurants. It's like, a whole bunch of panda kings moved in down the block. was <laughs> 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 like, you know who really can't drive? Those golden noodles. <laughs> I, I, uh, I found it, I, I mean, you could understand more or less what's happening because the psychiatrist says very little. So even if you get a little disoriented, you can figure it out. But it's ridiculous that he that he thinks that he is above the the law of English. Yeah, I am the law. He's no. He fucking. Well, I judge Dread reading the next one of his books. Probably won't have another. Another one. He's fucking ninety. He's not going to well, have any. We haven't read it all took the him, old. Ones. It took thirty years for him to write this one. Yeah, but Nate, have you read anything besides the podcast ones we've done? No. Jimmy would love for us to read the other ones. I'm sure. Uh, I don't know about that. 
We should do a couple. There's a couple other ones that are famous. There's one or two that are worth doing, perhaps. Suchery is very famous. Suchery mm-hmm. is worth doing. I don't know. The all the all the pretty horse dicks. Oh, all the pretty horses. Ones. That whole series is uh, trilogy is pretty good. Yeah, they're good. I up to four more of those cunts books. That's all the pretty the horses lap. are way more like his other western stuff. So is it about? Is that his like Lisa Frank phase? It's about pretty horses. It's all just. I like mean, they made into a really, really, horse. really, really shitty movie with Matt Who's Damon and Penelope Cruz. Oh. Um, but they like. I haven't seen it, but from what I've read about it, it's just a complete bastardization of the book. There are no long, dreary passages about fucking a horse's dead body or something like that? No, that's, it's exclusively fucking dead horses. Um, <laughs> only the pretty horses. Well, all the pretty horses. He fucked a few uggos. Well, you had to take a grenade sometimes. A donkey here or there, you know. <laughs> um, did, he, did he do it in the... Uh, the ASS? In the ass? <laughs> did he do that? So there's Nate. one other thing about this book that is uh, uh, perhaps one of the most important parts, and I did not realize it until it I read short. what some other, fucking, God. some other fucking super nerd uh, figured out near the end of this you don't book. Have to call, his, his name is Nate, Jimmy. Don't call him that. I don't well, think Well, I did not this. figure out whatever this thing is, I, I assure you. What she says, she says to him, the therapist, um, near the end of the book, I don't remember what it was. I didn't bother looking it up. It was. She says, "Like, oh, my my uh, brother was talking to this guy once, and he, this guy told him this thing, and she goes to the whole thing that the guy told him, and what she says is basically word for word what Bobby's conversation with John Shedden is at the end of the Passenger, which takes place in the future. Oh goddamn it! So how could she know that? And is the Passenger real?" Is he in a coma still? Is the passenger his 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 coma? His veg- veg- vegetable dream. Vegetable dream is <laughs> the name of my my vegan restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I did not pick up on that. I didn't sure. either. I had no idea. But I, when, my, if you read okay, these like I think back to back, you might have figured it out. But my that, feeling is. Corbett McCarthy is like 90. My feeling is Cormac uh, McCarthy every is 90 can't be years old. He's old and shitty. <laughs> Just, no, no, no. So here's the thing. So he's 90 years old and he's been working on this thing for years. But, and he's finally like, I got to just like put it out now or I'm never, or it's never going to get published. And then he just sort of like published it in the state that it's in. That's why Passenger doesn't have an ending. It just ends. It doesn't resolve anything. There is nothing that fits together. And that over multiple drafts, because over the decades that he was working on this, he probably was like, did some, did like, the book is Bobby doing, talking about all this stuff. And then he's like, no, no, no. The book is Alicia, Alicia, whatever the fuck her name is, talking about this. And it's just like over multiple drafts, just sort of like included the same things from the same story he had in his head. I cannot imagine a world in which one of America's greatest writers and a whole industry based around him, that the editors wouldn't catch that after the last 15 years. But it's not that there's nothing to catch. It's just like he had written one set of pieces about a lot of the same issues or more like his say, the conversations he wanted to have, and he just happened to include that. And it's hundreds not bad. Of people checked, hundreds of people checked these things before they went to publishing. It's not hundreds. No, it's like three. Three. It's, 
I can't. I cannot imagine that every single thing that is weird about this is attributable to bad editing. No, I some can. of it's bad writing. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's, I, I just can't imagine it's that he worked on it over decades, and so like a thing no, he tried no, in oh, one version, like, and then he put the in a paragraph? different version. <laughs> No, I think what Nate's saying is like he produces here, I'm ready. And then no one was in the position to say, I don't agree with what you wrote here. I think this is a bad choice. And he was like, I'm fucking Carmen McCarthy. I'm famous and shit. And, you know, I don't. I think they were just like, this guy, I mean, he's fucking smart. He's smarter than me for sure. I don't fucking understand any of this shit. So I'm sure the average person, like, yeah, this smart guy has a point here. I'm not, I don't get it. I'll let critics figure that out. I think that I think it's possible at the very least. I don't know if I agree with that with Nate, but I think it's possible. I think it's possible that they fucked up the Ellis Island thing and maybe even the proton typo. I think something that big, like an entire section being the same, I think that has got to be something that's got to mean something. I'm sure there's some math fucking thing about time not existing or existing in a, there is a quote actually somewhere being a about, flat circle you know <laughs> but essentially essentially that that time you know is cyclical or whatever maybe but she's also there's like also easy out that she is uh, the biggest genius ever she can't so tell the she, she can't tell the future though can she i don't fucking know i, I don't think i think it's not Maybe she so killed smart. herself because she was like, no, I won't live in a world with new Coke. And then she <laughs> ended it. <laughs> and they're like, what? What's new Coke? And then that like triggered in like a You'll forced dump domino <laughs> way that the executive at Coca-Cola was like, hey, that's a great idea. <laughs> like, she time traveled back from the past to ensure that new Coke existed. So she had to kill herself and say that reason. Because if she didn't, then they would never invent a new Coke. It's uh, like it's a paradox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's her own John Connor. Of I think we, we figured it out. That's it. We got it. Crack the code. We got it. Crack the code. So the other thing that's mentioned specifically in the book, and I meant to read this, but I was like, no. Um, <laughs> Carmen McCarthy wrote an essay in 2017 called The Cake Problem. Did you read this essay, Jimmy? I don't know what a creme brulee problem is. There's no such thing as a creme brulee problem besides diabetes. <laughs> but the, the cake problem um, and uh Auguste Kekule, or whatever the fuck his name is, was Kekule, uh, yeah, was a 1800s German chemist, and he's mentioned in this, and he like figured out something about like benzene, which I don't know what that is. I feel like that's an off brand of Ben Gay, but I'm sure it's not. Benzene is a I don't know one anything? of the gases they kill people with. No, it's one of those heavy gases. I'm shit, isn't it? Benzene gas. The heavy gas is when you have a Taco Bell, but <laughs> yeah, uh, actually. White Castle. No, that's K- smog. Uh, he he. According to Wikipedia, and this is a this is the most I will ever know. He was the principal founder of the theory of a chemical structure of chemical structure, and in particular, Kekulé's structure of benzene, which was his sex move. So I'm going to show you the structure of benzene. Now, benzene's like benzene's nuts. Um, no, but is benzene is an organic compound of C6H6. Hit. Um, and it's <laughs> a molecule. Uh, I don't fucking know what it does. We should have asked it's the emotional shaped support burrito. It's like a hexagon because it's a, it's a hexagon of it's carbon. Six things, yeah. It's a hexagon yeah. of carbons with, an, with a hydrogen off of each vertex. It's in a lot of petroleum shit. I don't know why that matters, 
but it's mentioned it's because specifically it made, all, it made in, all chemistry much faster because they use them for tiny little wheels on the molecules. Yes, right. It's <laughs> much more. Yeah, it's much better than coal. Uh, but it's it's in it's mentioned in Salamaris, and in 2017, when you know around the time Carmack McCarthy was working on this thing, he wrote an, a nonfiction essay about it. And it has, she talks about like the unconscious mind and the origins of language and that um, the unconscious is distinct or separate from language, which is a big part in the book, how uh, Alicia, we, we never said it, her name was Alice and she just changed it to Alicia like kids do when they go to high school. And she says like, oh, the unconscious is like, doesn't need to communicate with the rest of your mind because the unconscious is just this motor that runs and gets shit done. And language is this, uh, this distraction that we invented 100,000 years ago, which is totally not true. And that essay is related to this in some way. I, I, I was going to read it, and I was like, actually, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, the Wikipedia article will do fine. I was just curious if you guys had... Uh, no? No one, no one did it? No one's I, tried I didn't know that was a thing. No, uh, it's cool. He did mention both of those things in this book, though. So it's probably just the same thing, because he didn't know he was going to publish this. I mean, this is from the Wikipedia article on the KKLA problem, so I didn't do much work here. But uh, the unconscious mind is, quote, is a, uh, the unconscious mind, quote, is a machine for operating an animal. That's like a direct line from this. And then there's all this stuff about psychoanal- psycho- psychoanalysis of, like, trying to understand things. And then, well, she also oh. has the whole thing that the other book does where she talks about, in her language chunk, about how... Uh, once you try and once once we came up with names for stuff and words, we we lost the ability to just understand things by like just communicating them without words. Which I'm phrasing it poorly. That, yeah, yeah she says though. something like, you know, when you uh, when uh, much was lost when we invented language. Oh, like, that. was it really? Well, uh, yeah, it's it's a philosophical. Thing, so the it's visceral also the basis. way to bang two rocks together. To, to bang make two knives. other things together. Uh, um, imagine like the the pretentious, per, you know, like the person comes back from their study abroad, and like, well, there's a word in in Japan for this. We don't have it, you know, for that feeling you have when you just saw a good bukkake. But the <laughs> it's, it's imagine the caveman equivalent. Like, there's a we don't have a word for it, but there is a grunt that means <laughs> <laughs> he who is very jealous of his neighbor's cave. <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> well, it's it's not it's not exactly that. It's not that some has a word and can't describe it anymore. It's like just to it's it's a thing. It's a thing they have. About it's, being bas- it's the basic of um. It's the basis of Zen. The whole like the founding oh myth of gosh. Zen is like Buddha is doing his thing and he like shows a monk a flower and the flower and he's like check this out. The monk looks at the flower and he's like, I get it, and that's how he became enlightened. But don't you ima- can't you imagine that like, the first the part of the story they leave out is the thirty nine other times and the Buddha's like check this out it's a chair it's like uh huh well, what's that about and then the Buddha goes on a long fucking tirade and he's like this chair was once a tree and the tree had to be cut down he's like is that the message no keep listening and then eventually he's like I don't care anymore I get it it's fine <laughs> it's fucking, a chair yeah it's a f- flower oh I get it now. <laughs> Shit! Why didn't you start with that? And then <laughs> I gotta go now. I'm fucking. I got it. I'm done now. See you later. And then he just leaves because I'm sure the Buddha was also not a cool dude to hang around. He was very chatty. Just like every time you like went to do something, you're like, "Hey, anyone need that last that last wing there?" And he's like, 
Do you need the wing? Is the wing the way they go? Is that what you need for enlightenment? I guess I don't <laughs> want that last wing. And he's like, yeah, I don't. Do you? Life and then the Buddha eats so it when the someone wing. leaves. Like they turn around like, yeah, I guess I don't need it. And they leave and the Buddha's like, good, more for me. And then he eats it. And now that's why I think of Buddha as a fat Chinese man. Because that's what I've seen as a child. Okay, so, so Nate, bring us home. Please help us here. So my feeling was, while I didn't like mind reading it as a book, like it was fine, totally fine. Uh, I also thought this should have been published together with The Passenger, either like together in the same volume, like you read both just together, or just these chapters interspersed with what's going on in The Passenger. It still doesn't solve the fact that the passenger doesn't have an ending because that's still fucking bullshit. But it does help a little bit. It would help a little bit. Like, I think this is the publishers being like, oh my God, Cormac McCarthy has a new book. Wait, two books? Holy shit, we're going to make so (laughs) much money because he's almost dead. Yes. This is like, this is Cormac McCarthy's Go Set a Watchman. Actually, it's like he's, no, he's got the it shit. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. No, it's not. This is like, it, it is not quite that bad, but it's still like, it's, he's go watch, old. it's, it's go watch a set theory, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It is a little bit like he's old. He's got this stuff he has that's not published yet. Let's just do it. And I think it is a little bit of that, at least. That's why there are two of them. They're two separate books. I have two thoughts. One, there's a lot of math. Hear me out. Conspiracy theory. The passenger has the Euclidean uh, phrase ASS in it <laughs> for triangles. But if you leave it out, you take out that ASS and you just have penger, which is a real word. <laughs> <laughs> I Googled it. It's Pengers what you call a penguin in Tennessee. No, no, it's uh, a penguin there. It is a, it's like penguin. They have know, no. penguins in Tennessee? No, uh, I just call them that at the zoo. <laughs> a penguin is the adjective form of a British slang word meaning very appealing, attractive, or impressive, which is what a lot of the shit in this book is actually. <laughs> like, wow, that seems really smart. That's pretty pang. Uh, it's penguin than most books. Do people still say that or is that an old-timey word? It's a British informal word, according to the, the, the internet. Like, that's a penguin. I'm making this theory up right now. Lady? Uh, I don't fucking know. I've never. I don't know. Govna, that looks pretty pang. I don't fucking know. This is shit. Uh, so that's one theory. Prove me wrong because this guy uses a fucking obscure, stupid words. Including a couple where I was like, I think he used the word wrong, honestly. Um, but, or, or use them in a pretentious, fake way. But it was when the girl's talking and like she's a fucking fake liar. So who knows? I, I don't think that was carelessness. I think I think I do think more and more that she was making shit up. And if I were to read this book again very carefully a second or third time, which I will never do, <laughs> I, I won't. I will never. I, I hate rereading a book once, and that's just for like because I liked reading it. Like, I'm not going to study this. I don't need a fucking English PhD. Why do I need debt and no and another non job? <laughs> I think. Um, you might find more stuff where it's like, she's lying to him. And the psychiatrist is like picking up on at least some of it. But anyway, the other thought I had is this reminds me a great deal of David Foster Wallace's writing because David Foster Wallace is, is a lot like the girl character. David Wallace was a brilliant dude and troubled and you know, he killed himself. And 
could not write about a thing without mentioning a lot of other things, like his tennis. Brain. Well, he but even when he was writing about tennis or anything, if he got into any sort of like heady topic, and he he did write about philosophy and he did write about math at times. He couldn't help himself, but just to like to have like the spiraling crazy thoughts of his come out and not explain everything. And there's just like you need to understand. And he also wrote a lot about like what is the purpose of living. The guy was clinically depressed. He committed suicide. You know, so it reminded me a lot about his writing, reading this, which is interesting to compare like the ninety year old Cormac McCarthy to or eighty nine whatever he is to the David Foster Wallace who killed himself when he was in his late forties. Um, but it reminded me a lot of David Foster Wallace's writing. And I imagine, you know, any learned person who has, who has read those fine authors will, will notice a similar parallel. Because it's just like what we think of as like smart people. Smart people talking. They just mention lots of smart shit. And David Foster Wallace could not help himself from doing that all the time. It's like an episode of Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But he just one of the, each book lasted for niles and niles of pages. No, a fucking horrible joke. You know, I don't think you made one Fraser joke in our whole episode, Outlander episode, Jimmy. Oh damn it! God. Oh no, we have to do another one now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do it in the first Outlander episode? Or I don't think so. It didn't even occur to me. We don't do the cheap jokes, Nate. Yeah. All right. You can, Nate, you can, be the, you can be the smart one and know about gluons and shit. And other kinds make, of adhesives. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to make the thinking man's D's nuts jokes. <laughs> so, obviously, I don't fucking... I, I, I think I know a little bit more about the book, actually, having talked about it with you guys. Um, but I don't know enough to ever say, oh, yeah, I got that book. Who should read it? I don't feel good recommending it to anyone I know. Just your enemies? <laughs> <laughs> Just people you don't know. And I recommend them outlander. Like listeners on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like people you want to have a complex. Like, oh, you think you're smart enough? You know, you should read Passenger. Explain or, it to me. And, please. Please yeah, explain pa- it to me. <laughs> I like, dare you. It's a breezy read. I read it on the beach one day. It's a great book. Just a fun page turner. And like, okay. It's smart. It's about math. I, I, um, yeah, I'd agree. I don't think anyone should read it. I think this is made for the literary critic world, and fuck those guys who don't it's know all, any math. I don't know if this guys. is made like, for don't anyone. Know any math at all. I think it's made for him. I think, I think he's trying to just figure out shit for himself, honestly. Yeah, I think he made this book as like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I don't get that sense from him. Not that I know him, you know, in any personal way, but I, I feel like he's a serious guy. But I think this is his way of trying to work through these thoughts and trying to figure out how they fit together. And um, and it, it's it's I think it was Nate who said like there's nothing bad about reading it. It's like engaging enough and it goes fast. But at the end of it, you're like, okay, that was what the f- I don't know. Yeah, it's like, sure, it's a lot. Yeah, okay. I don't get it. It doesn't subtract anything, but I'm not sure if it adds anything to me. I'm sure there'll be a lot what? of division over this one. Well, when I got to the divid end of the book, <laughs> I was like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> There's a lot of imaginary numbers. Math. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I's a number. Jimmy, they taught us this. I is a number. Right? It's Nate also, was like square root of negative I one. is a number. It is probably yeah. like a Radiohead album. 
I as a number is a pirate metal album. <laughs> pirate prog No, it's metal. a math rock album. Oh, that's probably true, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every song is an irrational time signature. And then it, it is followed by Pi is a number, where every, every song is in... That's the weird album. Time signature is 3.14 <laughs> over 4. It's very hard. So no one should, should should anyone read it? Who should read it? If you if you want if you read if the passenger, if you already I guess. read the passenger, yeah. If you already read the passenger, go for it. If sure. you want to, go for it. I, you know I, what? I, it, there's a chance, like maybe if someone was like, which I want, I'm only gonna read one of them, just one of these two. Maybe Stella Maris actually, because it's easier to read. It's easier. It's just sort of like. You're not frustrated by the non-ending of the passenger, so it's like whatever. It's like when you get a textbook and there's a little paper book that comes with it about supplemental material, and you've you just read that. <laughs> <laughs> but it also had an answer key for a different book in <laughs> in Chinese. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right. I I, I think. If I want to be the most uh, charitable to Cormac McCarthy, I could. He imagines or he demands you read these books, like you read one and then the other, and then you like do it again, and then maybe it makes more sense. And maybe you have to do that a few times. And that is the demand. That is the kind of demand a tyrannical asshole makes. <laughs> I don't put it past him. I don't. Uh, but I will. I will never find out if that theory is right because I'm not going to do it. I just think this is more of a philosophical work than a novel. Because well, it doesn't have a plot, so it kind of isn't a novel. This is, more, this is more like a Socratic dialogue than a novel. But there are novels where, like, oh, like you have to read between the lines, and that's what's happening here a lot. And I, I get that. I, I, I like that. It's kind of like a puzzle book. You have to figure it out. I think there's no answer, though. Like, even the whole, the whole point is that she doesn't have an answer. She kills herself. You know she kills herself. So the question—that's well, the why. answer. <laughs> Let's kill well, yourself. I think the question is why, as you said earlier, yeah. like why did she do it? What? What? Why I did think she give the up? The problem is that what there are the is, problems that were unsolvable. There is no answer, or the answer is that there never will be an answer. The other thing we never talked about much, and I don't really care if we do at this point, was she talks about her dreams a lot, and some of them are like really vivid and crazy, like the one dream of the like the Archatron. The ancient, oh, I was thinking of the village where like all the men are killed and the women are just like, raped and enslaved. And she's like, that seems bad. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a nightmare. That's just Blood and, Meridian. I mean, it sounds like something from ancient history, like like a Mesopotamian fucking like, tale. Like, all the or men were 1870s Northern Mexico. Yeah, that wasn't the only one where like, there was a few dreams in here where there were like parts of his other books. Maybe he's doing the Stephen King thing. This is going to tie them all together. It really ties the room together, man. <laughs> <laughs> I also found... He just, he just <laughs> I, like the Eagles. I found a really funny thing, because uh, uh, I was looking at what a uh, nerd said about this book on the Reddit, because they have their whole fucking Cormac McCarthy nerds, and that's where I found oh, all these other things, God. like how that's the, the shit... That sounds like the worst subreddit ever. It is. And there are ones about child porn. That sounds like the worst. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. But there's, uh, they had a line in here, and I just saw it was a subreddit called Dudism, and it was like people who like really like the dude from The Big Lebowski. And uh, they said, I found this line in Cormac McCarthy's new book. And what was it? I have to find it. Do you know I am uh, ordained in the Church of the Latter-day Dude? 
Yeah, that's the best way to be in. And that's how I, I performed a wedding last year <laughs> with that ordination and it's official an official wedding as far as New York State is concerned. <laughs> Here it is. It's a, Godel says out, never says outright that there is a covenant to which all of mathematics subscribe, but you get a clear sense of the hope that the hope is there. I know the allure. Some shimmering palimpest of eternal abidement. And the thing which is like, I don't know what this means, but it sounds pretty good. But it's got the word abide in it. The dude abides eternally. They do actually at one point say, is it abidement or abidance is a the conversation at some point. A yeah. palimpsest is a book where you like scrape off all the writing and write new stuff on top of it. Oh, I thought it's it was when you like have words. a really bad acne. Uh, that, that kid's got, he's, it's not, he's not just pimples, it's palimpsest. It's, I think it's palimpsest, right? Is there another estimate? That's when you, uh, you you fucked your sister's pimples. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. And if uh, you like the podcast, why not to... Uh, Twitter, Michael. Else? What am I supposed to Oh, yeah. And follow us on Twitter, drunkguysbc, because Jimmy gets all mad and shit. <laughs> Fucking mad that we hated this book by this old man he worships. That we're still young? No? Psychiatry? And I'm a Freud not. Uh, <laughs> and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. That's where we and are. And help support the podcast at, at Patreon, because we're still getting by by the skinner of our teeth. Uh, to <laughs> try to think of more psychiatry jokes. And, and you can also uh, check us out on Goodreads and be an operant of our own conditioning. <laughs> And check out the Hopped Up Network, <laughs> a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. And fuck Corbin McCarthy. Oh my God.